You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. This morning, we're going to continue our series that we've been calling The Pursuit of Happiness. And if you've been tracking with us for the last, you know, several weeks, uh, six or seven weeks, uh, you've noticed that uh, each week has been a tremendous challenge. It's challenging us to grow as believers. It's challenging us to, to really take the next step to change us from the inside out. And we have seen some incredible things. There have been people leaving uh, week in and week out different than when they came. And the testimonies have been incredible. And we've been studying the Beatitudes that has kind of encompassed this, this series. And we've got six down. We've got two to go, including today. And I have just, there's this overwhelming sense I've had, especially this week in studying the seventh Beatitude, that we need the grace of God in order to see these things alive and active in our lives. We cannot do these things on our own. And I encourage you, if you've not been here, go back and listen. And, uh, but the truth is, is that if we invest in these paradoxes, if we uh, understand and put into practice these pronouncements of blessing, we will be supremely blessed. That word blessed at the beginning of each of these Beatitudes, we will be supremely happy is a, another interpretation. And that's why we're calling it the pursuit of happiness. But in every case, every single one, including today's, the original audience would have heard, they would have heard, hey, blessed are, and, and, and so on and so forth. And in every case, as they're leaning forward, they jump back and say, did we mishear you, Jesus? And you say, why? It's because on the surface, these beatitudes don't make sense. They just don't make sense. And today's Beatitude, Jesus, he doesn't take it easy on us. The beatitude that we're going to discuss today revolves around the word peace. And I was thinking, where as believers, or just as humans, where do we look for peace? Certainly in a couple weeks when MSU and Michigan, University of Michigan play, we're, if you're hosting a game, hopefully there's some peace in, that, in the midst of that, right? Or maybe after church, you're headed out and you're saying, where should we eat? Where should we go? And maybe you're praying for some peace there. Or maybe if you've got kids and on the way to church, on the way home, and the kids are in the back, you're just praying that they're your kids, that there would be a little peace in the back seat. How many know what I'm talking about, parents? Yeah. I was thinking about it this week. I grew up and I remember my parents threatening us uh, in the back seat, me and my sisters, and saying, if you don't stop, whatever it was, I just remember they were going to pull over and my mom was going to come and sit down right in between us. I don't know if they ever did. And I remember thinking, man, I will never do that. I, I would never do that to my kids, you know, scream at them on the highway. What would people think, you know, until I had kids? And I've done it <laughs> a few times. When Reagan and Logan were younger, and maybe even in their teenage years, it, you know what I'm talking about? It, it's like, come on. And you, and all the parents know exactly what I'm thinking. And when I say that, peace. Where do we look for peace? There's a lot of potential application today. <laughs> oh, I love it. You know, as Christ followers, 
one of the generic answers if you ever ask your kids, you know, hey, what was, you know, connect kids about? Or what was, you know, what happened in church today? Or what did you learn? The, the right answer is always what? Jesus, right? It's Jesus. And, uh, and when I was thinking about the Miss America pageants and the beauty pageants that oftentimes, and I don't know if this is just cliche, but um, the one of the answers that, that is just, you know, almost always on the lips of these these uh, beautiful women, I guess, is is world peace. And there's a little clip here from a movie, and uh, just to set it up, there's Sandra Bullock, one of my favorite actresses. She, she is a, uh, what? <laughs> Why is that funny? Anyway, um, <laughs> But anyway, she is. She goes undercover. She's an undercover cop, and she is. Uh, she they put her into a beauty pageant, and uh, and just well, without further ado, let's just check out this clip. I would have to say, world peace. Definitely, world peace. That's easy. World peace. World peace. What is the one most important thing our society needs? That would be harsher punishment for parole violators, Stan. And world peace. It's the right answer, right? And it's just this idea, like, I don't know if it's cliche or not, but world peace. And you think, you know, these, these women, they don't have a clue because you look at world history and there was no peace, right? In fact, why, what makes history exciting or interesting to study? It's the lack of peace. It's the wars. It's the conflict. It's the territory being conquered by force. You look at American history and U.S. history, and you look at the civil wars and the riots and the racism and hatred, and, and you look at what even the, the Native Americans had to experience when, when there was the takeover in North America, and we are still paying for our sin, kicking them out, and, and we won't take much time talking about that. But human history is the same. You study any civilization, and there's conflict, there's instability, there's chaotic stuff going on, disorder, confusion. And I would just challenge you, even consider your own life. Is that your story as well? Does that sound about the same? A lack of peace? Let's take a little survey here. I want everybody to participate. Thumbs up means true. Thumbs down means false, okay? We're going to just, you know, survey. The, the, this is scientific. We're going to really get this. But uh, I'm going to say uh, a little phrase, and if you think it's true, give me the thumbs up. If you think it's false, thumbs down. Number one, everyone wants peace. What do you think? Okay. All right. Okay. A little time off from the daily grind. No more argument with the kids or the spouse, right? Getting along with the boss of your employees. Peace and tranquility, okay? Second question, peace is fleeting, right? There's a lack of it in marriages, true or false? Peace is fleeting, okay? There's a lack of it in marriages, in parenting, in the office, even in the church, even on your drum line, all right? Inside story there. Two thumbs up, maybe, right? And you say, well, what's going on? 
What's the cause of this? Where did it stack? Or where did it start? Because in the Bible, it's clear that at the very beginning of time, there was perfection in the Garden of Eden. There was a deep relationship with God. And uh, how do we know that? Because there was peace and there was confidence in Adam and Eve. And we know at the end of Scripture, we know that at the end, in Revelation, once again, there will be a new kingdom, a new heaven, a new earth. There will be no fear, no prejudice. There's perfection again, and we call that heaven, and we look forward to that, where peace will be restored. The Prince of Peace steps in. The problem, though, is the middle, right? So the middle, where there's, when you consider the word peace, there's not so much peace. There's chaos when it's in between the relationship between man and God. There's disorder between people, men and women, men, young and old. There's conflict. There's confusion. There's trouble. And what's at the root of this? You may see where I'm headed with this. It's pretty simple. The root cause is simply sin. Sin destroys intimacy. Sin causes racial conflict, causes husbands and wives to argue, kids to fight in the back seat. And Satan, he's the author of it, isn't he? He's the author of confusion, all those uh, fights and arguments and insecurity that you might feel that cause you to get riled up or the lack of stability or even you know, coming against your identity or, and giving you anxiety, the chaos, the, the conflict. Human race and hi human history it has been characterized by conflict. And at first look, when you look up the word peace and you ask Google to give you the, the, the definition, the definition is absence of conflict, peace, freedom from disturbance, tranquility. That's, that's the dictionary definition. But church, I want you to know that peace does not mean the absence of conflict. I want to give you a different perspective. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Instead, it's it's the absence of sin in our lives and sin within a situation. And I'd like to give you a, a kind of flip it in a positive, and I want you to see this. Peace is the presence of righteousness. And we've been talking through these Beatitudes, and we talked about hungering and thirsting for righteousness and having a pure heart. When we talk about that, it's not righteousness, is not right doing, it's a person, it's Jesus Christ. So peace is the presence of Jesus, a person, his kingdom being brought into the conflict. Peace is the presence of righteousness. And with that backdrop, I want us to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, our beatitude for the day. We're on number 7. we got one more week, and we'll wrap this up. But look what it says in verse number 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let me read it again. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let's get it down in our hearts. Let's say it together. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. We've been taking these verses kind of line by line, word by word, and I want to flip this verse in reverse, and I want to talk about that last phrase there, for they will be called children of God. What does it mean for us to be called, to be called a child of God? What does that mean? 
If we're a child, if we're in a family, we exhibit the family resemblance, maybe by our looks or even just by our actions, by the things, the, the tendencies. It's because of we're within proximity to our parents and we, we, we glean from them. And the truth is, is when it comes to our Christ being inside of us, we are adopted into the family of God. We are being conformed to the image of God, and because of that, we are called, according to Scripture, children of God. And so we follow the same pathway of the Son of God, that's Jesus, who brought harmony and brought peace to, the, to a chaotic world, who stepped into the chaos, and he became a slave. He became a, a, a disciple, a, a, so to speak, of, for God's will, the Father's will. And we, as the child, or the children of the king, we need to follow Jesus' example. We step into his shoes, right? We act the way our father does. So, catch this. If we are walking with peace, that's Jesus, then we are workers of peace. This is a big deal. Children of God are peacemakers, period. And in verse 9, the beginning says, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, there's a difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping. On one side, we have peacekeeping, where it's like herding cats, trying to keep order and keeping the chaos under control. On the other side, we have peacemaking, where it's bringing righteousness, bringing Jesus into the conflict, into the chaos. On one side, we have peacekeeping, where we avoid the conflict, maybe turn a blind eye, so to speak. And on the other side, we step in and we resolve issues. A peacemaker resolves issues. Peacekeepers, they will keep everyone happy, or at least try to keep everyone happy, keeping a lot of balls going, a lot of, lot of compromise. And on the other side, peacemaking doesn't just try to keep people happy. They make peace. They don't shy away from the conflict. They are as bold as lions. Peacekeeping, oftentimes we see people that are peacekeepers as pushovers or spineless. But a peacemaker is nothing like that. They, are, they bring more peace uh, to the situation. Peacemakers step into God's shoes and get this. Peacemakers will relinquish their own peace their own happiness, sacrificially, just like Jesus did, in order to bring peace into a situation, to end the strife. And why would they do that? Why would we even consider being a peacemaker? Because it reflects the nature of our Heavenly Father, who is peace. A peacemaker knows God's peace is found in standing in the conflict. And I know when I say that, some of you are saying, well, who is supposed to do this? <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not seeing myself in this light. That doesn't really make sense for me. It's a tough one, I know. But I just want to challenge us, that all of us, if you've got Jesus in your heart, you are a peacemaker. In fact, I would encourage you, a good place to start is in Philippians chapter 4, Verses 6 and 7, where Jesus uh, really gets a, gets a hold of our hearts. And he says this, Do not be anxious about anything, 
But in everything, by prayer and petition, it starts with prayer and petition in presenting your request to God. And then the promise comes in verse 7, and the peace of God. That's what we're trying to bring into these situations. It starts with prayer, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I get it. Some of you don't see yourself as a peacemaker. But I want to flip the, the coin. I want you to see yourself in a different light. I want you to consider uh, that, that you are absolutely a peacemaker. You are absolutely that person that can bring peace to this world that is uh, troubled by conflict. Think about the person in your life that you might address as a peacemaker. The person that, that might come to mind that, you know, maybe a grandpa or a grandma or, or maybe a parent or maybe a pastor saying, man, they're, they're a peacemaker or they're, they're really wise. They, they bring calmness to a situation. Maybe one of the elders here or maybe Billy Graham. I don't know who, you know, comes to your mind. And that person for you, you look up to them and you see Jesus in them and you, you would want to emulate that. You'd want to be like that, Right? And you see them and you're saying, man, I value that relationship. Well, I want you to see yourself as a Christ follower in the same way. There are people in your life, I can guarantee you, that they look at you the way you look at Billy Graham or the way you look at the elders of the church or the way you look at your grandpa who just is a peacemaker. And the reason they look at you that way is because you may be the only person they know that has Jesus inside. And whether they know it or not, they look at you. And I want you to see yourself the way you see them, the way you see a Billy Graham or a, a grandpa or a grandma or an elder, an elder. People see you the same way as a Christ follower. And if you're walking in fellowship with Jesus, you are a worker of peace. It's just the truth. And there's three things I want to kind of capitalize on here in our time. Three big takeaways. And the first one is rooted in Romans chapter 12. Turn with me there. Romans chapter 12, verse 18. We'll read that verse here in just a second. But I want to set it up with this kind of pro proclamation that peacemakers stop the drama. Peacemakers stop the drama. And I want to just ask you, are you stirring up drama in your life? Are you causing problems or chaos? Are you causing conflict in, in your life, in your spheres? Are you the reason that there is trouble? And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but my guess is that some of you may be the culprit. And I really feel like the two words I'm about to share, I think they're straight from heaven for you, and it's simply this. Stop it. <laughs> Peacemakers, stop the drama. And it's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Look what it says. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, not your neighbor, not what your spouse does, not what the government does, whatever. It says, as, as, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We can do it. We're peacemakers, right? Peacemakers stop the drama. 
they recognize it and they cut it off. And whatever the root cause, whatever the sin is behind it, you cut it off and you move forward without the drama. The second thing is that is found in James chapter 3. Turn with me there. James chapter 3, verse 18. And out of this verse, we see that peacemakers also face the drama. They step into the drama. You say, you stop the drama and then you head right back in. Well, let me explain. Again, peacemakers bring peace. They inconvenience themselves. They put themselves into the conflict. They bring Jesus, they bring righteousness into the situation. And they're sowers of peace. Look what James chapter 3, 18 says. It says, peacemakers who sow in peace. So can you imagine yourself like a farmer with seed in their hand, sowing peace, sowing goodwill, right? Sowing, uh, not chaos, but sowing peace. It says, peacemakers who sow in peace, they reap a harvest of righteousness. This beatitude says that you will be blessed if you sow peace. And so we need to be planting, tilling up the, the ground. We need to be sowing seeds, knowing that the result will be that we will reap a harvest of righteousness. Peacemakers face the drama. And the third takeaway, not only do peacemakers stop the drama, they face the drama, they step into it, but peacemakers also reach one more. And if you've been around the Gateway Church for any long length of time, we talk about our mission is to connect with God, connect with each other, and connect with the world in order to reach one more. How many have heard that before? You've, you've heard that, yes. We talk about it all the time. In order to reach one more, we need to be peacemakers, taking Jesus into a dry and a weary land. And I want us to see ourselves as this, because there is a broken world on the lakeshore here. And you say, how do we get the message out? And there's a broken world all the way to the ends of the earth, all the way to, to, to Dubai, by the way. But we need to see ourselves as ambassadors for Christ, bringing the good news of Jesus. And the truth is, is, as hard as it is to say this, your friends that don't know Jesus as their Savior, they will spend an eternity away from Jesus in a place we call hell. The Bible calls us hell. And I promise you, the, your friends that don't know the Lord, your neighbors that don't know the Lord, your spouse that doesn't know Jesus, your, uh, your family members or your schoolmates or your whatever, they do not have peace. They may have the illusion that they've got everything together, but when their head hits the pillow and they worry about the eternity, I promise you, your coworkers, your family members that don't know Jesus, there's a lack of peace. And you can bring Jesus into their lives, into their situations. You absolutely have something to offer you are a child of God. And I was thinking, well, where do we, you know, where do we have the opportunity to reach one more, to be a peacemaker? 
And I've been really, you know, convicted. Uh, I've, I've shared this before as a pastor. Uh, I surround myself with other pastors a lot or with the staff, of course, and, or I hang out with some of you at times. And, and, uh, and I'll tell you, it's, I, I have to be very conscious about rubbing shoulders with people that don't know Jesus. I, I'm often with other believers, and it's hard for me at times to reach one more. And I know that's your stories as well for some of you. And so I've been convicted recently. My son has been involved in band, and, and uh, he's in marching band. And I've said to my wife, I said, this is an opportunity for me to serve and for me, and I didn't use this term until now, but I can be a peacemaker in, in helping with the band, with the marching band. I'm a band dad, yeah. I didn't even know what that meant. But that's what I am. For some of you, you could participate on the school board or get involved in city council and you bring peace to reach one more. For me, it's the band. For you, it might be coaching the Little League or the soccer team. Or you may decide within your office context that you are going to be the peacemaker. You're going to bring peace. You're going to represent Jesus in your office to reach one more. Or maybe you work in the industry where there's a union and you say, hey, I mean, I've avoided getting involved, but, but the Holy Spirit prompts in you. And you say, you know what? I'm going to serve. I'll be a part of the union so I can bring peace. I want you to see yourself as a peacemaker. And I want to see myself. And when we see ourselves as a peacemaker, what the Bible describes is that we are in the ministry of reconciliation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, gives us this idea that we are bringing peace. Let's look at what it says. It says, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. That uh, represents some of us here, that we've found Christ. It says, all this is from God who reconciled him to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's peacemaking. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the same message, the message of reconciliation. The Lord has called us to be peacemakers, to bring Jesus into the conflict, into the chaos, into the work situation, into our families. He's called us to a ministry of reconciliation. We are therefore, verse 20, uh, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are to bring the good news. We are to be the good news. We are to be Jesus in the conflict, in our world. We are called to bring peace. And this morning, before we leave, or this afternoon, before we leave this room, before we leave church today, I want us to wrestle with three questions. Are there areas in your life that you are causing drama? And if there are, we're called to stop the drama.
For others, there may be drama around you and you've avoided it. But God, in his grace, he's calling to step into the drama, to think of a person that doesn't know Jesus, that needs Jesus. And we can be the peacemaker in those relationships. Do you believe it? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I thank you, God, that you have called us. And Lord, that you're strengthening us. And God, that you are doing a great work. Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon us and that we would sense your spirit, sense your, your moving in our lives. And God, that we would be the peacemakers that you've called us to be. Hallelujah. I want everyone to stand right where you are. And let me just ask, just straight up, as you're standing and then close your eyes, don't fall, don't close your eyes too early. But as we stand here, just hearts before the Lord, this is just between you and the Lord. Doesn't even matter if I see it really. But if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I have caused some conflict, some chaos. I'm the reason there's trouble in my marriage, in my family. You're saying, I'm the reason there's issues because I'm fighting with my siblings. Or you're saying, hey, I'm the reason there's you know, trouble in the office. I'm the one stirring it up. I'm the one that's doing the, the causing the, the issue. If that's you, could you hear a soft word from the Lord to stop it? But if you're here and that's you, I want you just to lift your hand and you're saying, I need the Lord's help so I can stop the issues. Yeah, thank you. Wow, man. Yeah, yeah. Lord, help us. Hands all over this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The second question is around that idea. There may be drama. There may be issues around you that you've avoided. And you're saying, man, I just don't want to inconvenience myself. Well, listen, peacemakers sacrificially step into a hard situation to bring peace, to bring Jesus. If you're saying here this morning or this afternoon, you say, man, that's me. There's some drama around me and I'm feeling I need God's help to make the difference, to move into that drama, to bring Jesus. If, if, you're, if that's you, would you just slip up your hand where you are? This last one, we're not going to ask for a show of hands because this applies to every single one of us. I want you to think of the person in your life that is away from Jesus, that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord. And as you think about that person, I want you to think about the person that it grieves you, that if they didn't make it to heaven, you wouldn't want to go to heaven without them. You'd almost rather not even go. 
who's the one person, the one person that needs to be reached in your circles? And I want you right now to see yourself as the peacemaker bringing Jesus into your relationship. It could be a spouse, it could be a loved one, it could be a neighbor, a co-worker. And I want you to know that peacemakers, they reach one more. The song we're going to close with here as an application song is a song about, it's called New Wine, but there's a part in it says, make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. And this is my heart for us. That and put it, put, I want us to sing that with the goggles of peace, being a peacemaker. So I want you to see yourself as a peacemaker and that the Lord, he's going to help you. He's going to shape and mold you to be able to do the three things we talked about. Stopping the sin, stopping the drama, stepping into the drama, stepping into the conflict, and stepping in to reach one more. Let's lift our hands all across this place and ask the Lord for his help. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Praise your name, God. Lord, you're strengthening us. You're helping us, God. Hallelujah. get it. When we consider the idea that we are to be peacemakers, for some of us, we don't naturally see ourselves in that light. But you absolutely have what it takes to bring Jesus into the chaos. I want you to see yourself as an ambassador, as a reconciler for God to see yourself as a peacemaker. And we need the Lord's help to do that. We need to be molded and shaped into what God called us to be. Amen? Amen. There's one other thing I'd like to just challenge us with quick. If you're here today and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you are missing out on the most important thing The Lord Jesus, he provided a way for you to have your sins forgiven. So your sins, the things that you've done wrong, which we've all been sinners according to Scripture, we've all fallen short of the glory, but we don't have to have those sins held against us. And if you're here and you don't know that or you have not received the free gift of salvation, we want to bridge the gap. We want to help you to make that decision. We want to walk with you and then give you some next steps. In just a moment, we're going to conclude the service, but if you're here and you're saying, man, that's me, I want you to make yourself known. Pastor Bruce is going to just meet over here right underneath this screen. We've got some next steps here. We'd love to pray with you, lead you to the Lord. Pastor Bobby also will be over here on this side at this screen. When everyone else is exiting, if you do not know the Lord, do not walk out of these doors without making yourself known. We want to walk with you. We want to help you. That's why we exist. And week in and week out, people are coming forward and asking for forgiveness of their sins and walking out free, walking out new.
that could be your story today. But you've got to take the first step, and we'd love to meet you. Father, I pray right now that this message, this message of reconciliation, that we are ambassadors, that we are peacemakers, Lord, I pray that it would ring true. And for those that need to stop the drama, Lord, I pray that they would stop it. For those that need to step in and bring Jesus, bring you into the mix, Lord, give us the strength and the courage, the backbone. Let us be bold as lions. Let's not back down. And Lord, for every single one of us, as we've identified the person in our life that needs to be reached, I pray that we would be the peacemaker, the, the Jesus. We'd be the Jesus in the, those around us, for us, behind us, and around us to be able to accomplish these things. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you. Turn and greet someone as you go. Come forward and meet Pastor Bobby or Pastor Bruce if you need the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.